I want to talk to everybody today about scopenow.com. Scopenow has been a big time sponsor of this program for quite some time. And I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers. And it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is, is ScopeNow is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and, and uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. And you know, you're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you, you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have uh, particular people um, that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria uh, that you set up is actually, um, uh, I guess, uh, is flagged and goes off. Um, it's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know, having that relationship, you know, analysis is really, really something that's cool. And, you know, one of the other things about being involved with Scope now is their ability uh, to offer webinars. Their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really, really great content. If you're a member of Scope now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out. And, uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, any reports that you generate, you can actually white label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, um, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox, along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. Uh, you need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that suite there. So sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to PI Perspectives. We have a bonus episode today. Matt sits down with Eddie Cruz, a seasoned veteran of surveillance in New York. New York has some of the biggest challenges when it comes to surveillance in an urban environment. So today, it's all about the art of surveillance with our guest, Eddie Cruz, and your host, private investigator, Matt Spare. And welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of PI Perspectives. This is your host, Matt Spare, and we are staying in New York State. And uh, today we are talking to the surveillance guy, Mr. Eddie Cruz. Eddie, how are you? Good. How are you, Matt? Good, good. So, Eddie, I have come across you on LinkedIn. I've come across you on some uh, podcast episodes, um, and you have an extensive background in surveillance. And uh, I thought it'd be cool to come on and uh, you know, bring you on and have you talk a little bit about what you do and some of the challenges that you faced this past year and uh, some of the things you hope uh, going forward. Before we jump into all that stuff, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into the business? Well, um, I was uh, a police officer with the New York City Police Department. After patrol, I went right into narcotics where I entered as an undercover I had the, the privilege of having some really good supervisors and uh, they utilized me in, in, uh, in a lot of 
unorthodox ways and um, I had certain privileges that others didn't um, because they had confidence in me right away. And um, I also um, was used by uh, the FBI task force and the DEA task force. I was recommended to them on certain operations that they were doing. And uh, I did a lot of uh, large uh, investigations uh, in New York City. I, I was assigned to the borough of Queens, but I was on a major case team. So I did undercover work throughout the whole city. And uh, I trained a lot of undercovers while I was an undercover myself. And I also did a lot of uh, ghosting operations. And um, after I retired, I I dabbled in the PI business for a little while, you know, and uh, then I uh, wanted to uh, reinvent myself. And uh, I tried that for a little while while still doing PI work here and there. After a while, I went right back in. It just became like a full-time job for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for folks that are watching on YouTube, you're kind of like, where's this guy? What's going on? (laughs) So part of the deal that Eddie and I had was we're not going to show his face because he's a surveillance guy and we want to protect that part of his business. So you're looking at these wonderful books that he's uh, written. So if you're listening to the podcast, you're like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. But if you're you're looking on on the YouTube channel, you've seen the books and that's the reason why we're doing it. So yeah, you, you've had an extensive background, man. And I think, you know, very interesting taking that law enforcement aspect of what you did and then, you know, changing it and kind of molding it more into a, um, you know, the, a civil side and, and being able to gather information. So it's like you, you have the best of both worlds and, you know, working with federal agencies and, and, and city and state agencies and then, you know, doing this type of work too. What, what was that challenge of, of um, you know, trying to pivot a little bit? You know, honestly, it wasn't really too difficult for me, at least. Um, you know, like I write in my first book, uh, I got a lot of my training in the street. You know, I, so when I, when I became an undercover, it was like pretty natural for me. I knew the, the lingo. Uh, I, I was good at, uh, at judging human behavior, uh, you know, and uh, so it, was, it actually came pretty natural to me in the beginning. Right. Uh, it actually felt very easy doing surveillance, um, but then it started to get difficult. Um, and uh, the mid, uh, you know, like around 2005, 2003, I noticed that it got just people were just a lot more hyper vigilant. Um, and uh, so I had to, you know, study and figure out what other people were doing. If, we, if, I, if what I was doing was was not good or if what they were doing was better. And um Pretty much we were all doing the same thing. And I just decided to become more creative right. in how I did stuff. And uh, and I developed my own unorthodox ways of doing surveillance and things that probably didn't make the companies feel comfortable. But uh, I didn't believe in sitting in front of someone's house. Sometimes I'd sit like a block or two away as long as I had a visual of an entrance or an exit. Sure. You know, and uh, that's the way I did it. And, uh, and I, you know, I, a lot of it was gut reaction and uh, a lot of guessing and anticipation and and it's worked out for me. That's great. That's great. And I'm sure you've seen um, as your career has progressed, how technology has both uh, helped and hurt what you do, right? You know, on on the helping side, well, that's pretty obvious, right? Small cameras were able to to do things, but on on the hurting side, now everybody's got cameras and everybody's hyper vigilant, like you said, right? Everyone's aware of their surroundings. You know, apps like Citizen, where you know they're they're alerting to people of things going on. Like folks are looking, they have their heads up, um, you know, looking for things to happen. So I can I can imagine that that would be a challenge, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, 
And uh, especially around children, you have to be even more careful around that. Like if you're near a bus stop or like if uh, the location that's on uh, the target location is under observation, if there's a school bus stop there, you, you know, you just have to be very careful where you park. And when you pull out that camera, you know, sometimes it's better not to take out the camera. You know, right. uh, a lot of companies want you to take time shots. You know, um, I'm sure you're familiar with that. And sometimes, you know, uh, I have to skip that hourly time shot, you know, because it's just better for the case. I just can't uh, be robotic and take it every hour on the hour. I understand why it's done. But sometimes uh, in order for you to protect yourself and the integrity of the case, it's better to just keep the camera down and just, uh, you know, articulate it in your report. Sure. Sure. I mean, that's a real easy explanation if you ever have to testify to, you know, like, oh, well, why didn't you do this? Oh, right. Here's my reason. <laughs> I don't think a juror is going to going to say like, oh, well, this guy's full of it because he didn't take a, a shot every hour. I mean, that's right. uh, that, that that's a, a stretch in my opinion. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, I can totally understand that. Um, so what would you say was the most important thing you learned when getting into this business? The most important thing I've learned is uh, to not assume anything, right. <laughs> you know, um, the people you're following are not following a script. Um, I said earlier that I anticipate things. Uh, there's a, there's a, a very, uh, a careful balance with how I do that. Right. But uh, to not assume what someone's going to do um, because then you're going to be left flat footed, Sure. you know, um, you know, and you're going to be embarrassed. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, and I, I think you got to be ready for anything too, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, when I, whenever I go out, I'm, I'm fully prepared to go from mobile surveillance to foot surveillance to hailing a cab, right. jumping on a bus, whatever it takes, you know? Right. right. Yeah. I heard you talking about that with Scott Fulmer on, on his uh, yeah. podcast mm-hmm. and, and it, it is a different animal trying to do surveillance in New York. And it, yeah. it's, it's funny when you get the phone calls, from uh, you know, people outside the the state, and they're looking to hire you to do something. You know, it could be insurance company or whatever. And uh-huh. you're you're trying to explain to them, you know, you need a two man team or two person right. team, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to pay for it. Well, well, then you're not going to get the result you're looking for. No. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you have to make the investment if you want to do business in this state. If you want to do things the right way, you know, it's going to cost you money to do it, and that's one of the toughest sells I think when dealing with. Uh, no, absolutely. People looking to hire I, I you all the time. I, I, yeah. I think that the client sometimes spends more money by just using the one surveillance operative. Correct. Because you have to be uh, much more careful. Uh, you're much more likely to lose the subject, yeah. you know, because you're being careful and you have to go out on multiple, uh, multiple trips to the same location where you might've been able to resolve it in one or two days. Sure. With two people yeah. or more. You know. Yeah, I think some people get it and some people don't. You know, they're they're on a budget. They want to, you know, uh, you know. I almost feel like sometimes they don't even care whether or not you catch the person. It's like they just got to check it off a list. Yes, we did our surveillance, and you know, and and I feel like sometimes they get caught up in that. And uh, you know, this is just my own opinion uh, and the experience that that I've had. And I, I don't have a lot of experience in surveillance. It's not really my my bread and butter. Um, I, I did actually, when I started in this business long time ago, um, I worked for a, uh, employment, uh, pre-employment screening company that also did integrity checks on employees. 
And one of the things that we were hired to do was to follow employees of like construction type companies. Right. So they would have, uh, these, um, you know, delivery trucks and we were supposed to follow these delivery trucks starting off in Manhattan and going, you know, following them wherever they went. And man, it was difficult because you got traffic lights, right? So that's, that's one of the things that you got to deal with, right? I'm, I can't run red lights, you know, to, to do it. At this particular time, my employer didn't have a small camera. I basically had one of those VHS cameras that you put up on your shoulder. So here I'm, I'm like, I'm driving through the yeah, streets yeah, yeah. of Manhattan, one hand on the wheel, the other hand holding the camera in place because my yeah. employer didn't want to put two people on the job, man. It was super yeah. crazy. You have uh, to do everything yourself. Yeah. 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 I'm sure you've got tons of stories like that too, man. It's, uh, you know, back in the day, it's like you had to do what you had to do and it was tough. And then, you know, I, I recall a few times getting burned and, you know, when a, a contractor, uh, a roughneck guy, uh, figures out that you're following him, he's not going to just, uh, say beat it. He's going to come up to your, your car and then want to, you know, really make you leave and not come back. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people are very combative. They'll you know, yes. come there with yeah. the car, they'll yell at you, uh, they'll, you know, pull you out to fight. Uh, it gets yeah. get pretty, uh, you know, pretty, um, scary sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, and I'm, I'm talking, this was like in the nineties. So it was like, uh, you know, people were very upset in the nineties. <laughs> it was very crazy. Yeah, now, though, I, I hear stories from other PIs yeah. that, uh, you know, they have to call the police. They end up coming with, you know, four sector cars have to come to the scene to yeah, crazy. control the, the neighbor, you know, yeah. who's out of shape. Yeah. It's all, uh, it's, it, it's nuts, but you know, listen, now it's, it's a lot easier, but I, I, I think just, you know, you know, being able to, I guess, articulate to your client what you need to set yourself up for success is important too. You know, I, I think they always approach it like, here's my budget and I just, I, I just want it done. And it's like, okay, well, if you want it done, let's take a look at your budget and see how, what the proper way to do it is. Like, that's a challenge. And I, I get so many feeler phone calls where, where we'll start having that conversation and I basically break it down to them what's required. And then I never hear from them again because, <laughs> you know, like they don't want to spend the money or they just don't want to put the effort in for it. You know, well, it's, it's expensive, but they, yeah. you know, they don't, you know, I mean, uh, they don't know, actually know exactly what goes into it, you sure. know, and, um, especially if you got really good surveillance operatives, you know, yeah. who really go all out. Yeah. Know? And there's, there's an art to it. I mean, listen, you've made a career out of it. Um, you know, doing that network and that, that's really your, your work product, right? It's pretty much you know, working for other investigation companies right they they yes, sub yes, out to you um, other pis yeah. and uh you know uh, even though i'm licensed you know I, I just choose to work that way and uh without all the responsibilities of having a company and sure having to deal with the client like you were mentioning earlier i mean I, in fact you know when i go out there i treat it like you know like i'm dealing with the client because i, I could feel what you you know you know you the owner might have to go through and explaining to them sure. uh, that you lost the subject I mean, uh, not too many clients uh, are happy to hear that. They think no. that, you know, like TV, like you're never going to lose a subject, you know, and uh, maybe you were sleeping, you know, so I take it very seriously. I try really hard not to embarrass uh, whoever hired me. Yeah, we, we had it. Unavoidable. You, you know, I mean, things happen, you know. We had a subject that was riding one of these motorized scooters um, going through the city that we were following. And we lost the guy because he decided he wanted to go on the, in, in the bike lane over a bridge. So he was going over the 59th street bridge and, um, 
you know, got into the bike lane and, you know, our, our vehicle could not travel in the bike lane and he was gone for the day. So, you know, the next day we picked him up, we had somebody on the other side with a bike and uh, he did the same exact thing. And we picked him up that way with the other guy and it, it went seamlessly and we were able to get what we needed to get. But uh, you got to be creative. You know, you, I, I would have never guessed the guy was going to do that, you know, but he did. Yeah, and I have something a little similar to that. And, and the owner of the company actually got upset with me. But I mean, I don't know what else you could do. I mean, I was following this guy. It was like four in the morning. He comes out of his uh, building and nobody knows whether this guy has a car or not. Right. So um, he walks, you know, several blocks. I'm on foot and I see him stop at a bus stop. So I'm like four blocks away. I run back to my car. I get in my car. I watch the guy get on the bus, he goes from that bus, you know, get picked up by the bus, he goes to another bus stop, switches over to another bus, and then he um, he arrives at this hospital. And then, um, so I park my car real quick, I get out on foot, and the guy crosses the street, and what does he do? He jumped into a car. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so then, the, you know, uh, the owner got upset, said, why didn't I follow him with my car? I mean, <laughs> I mean it's, you know. You know, you do, you do your best. I mean, that's all you could do. I mean, it sounds like this guy knew somebody was watching him. <laughs> He's being that careful and doing all that kind yeah, of stuff. Absolutely. Could be. I mean, you yeah. know, these guys, a lot of them, especially in insurance, they, they know that, uh, you know, that they're being followed. They're told by their attorneys and stuff sure. like that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, we're going to take a quick break. And when we jump back in, we're going to talk uh, more uh, tools of the trade here and uh, war stories and all that good stuff. So everybody sit tight and we will be right back. PI Perspectives. Today, I want to talk to you about the Investigator's Toolbox. Many of the folks who listen to this program actually have already signed up and have joined this online community for investigators and the investigative community. It's a place to go for networking. It's a place to go for continuing education. Uh, watching webinars, doing your continuing education credit. It's a place also to read up on uh, the latest trends in the industry, stay on top of all the news articles. It's actually supported by some really, really great businesses that support our industry. They're offering discounts and benefits actually for your membership. And then the, the OSINT catalog. We've got a huge OSINT catalog that you can make your own private library. You essentially pick and choose what you want to be in your library, um, however you do your research. Check it out today. It's uh, www.investigators-toolbox.com. Listeners of the show, if you use the code PIP201836, you'll save an extra 20%. Investigators-toolbox.com. Go check it out today. Okay, we're going to try something a little bit different. Uh, This is a call to action for you, the listener. So appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting the show the way you do. And I want to make it more interactive. I was thinking, what are you guys thinking? What questions you guys have? What topics do you want to see covered? What guests would you like to have on here? I want to hear from you guys. Uh, So reach out to me. And the best way to do it is to um, send me an email. Or better yet, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, that would be really, really helpful uh, to go onto YouTube and just hit that subscribe button. Um, that is a driving force for sponsorship. Um, do you like the way the show sounds? Do you like the guests we have? Do you like everything that we do? Well, that comes because we have sponsors. So um, subscribing is a big, big, big mountain for me getting that kind of uh, uh, traction on the show. Uh, so go ahead and subscribe there. You can subscribe on iTunes as well. Uh, if you do the Apple uh, podcast thing, that's very, very, very helpful. And leave a comment, uh, comment with an idea, and I'll go and I'll take a look at those 
and we'll select and we'll start, uh, you know, trying to, to cater the content towards what you guys want to hear and what you want to see. And uh, what I'll do also is I will do a drawing and I'll pick your name out of a hat if you submit content and you could potentially win a uh, Investigator's Toolbox membership if you're in the investigative community. So go out there, guys, and uh, let's get it done and uh, give me some ideas and um, hopefully you can win a membership. Need some investigative work done in New York? Look no further than Satellite Investigations. With over 24 years of investigative experience, Matt and his team offer the best service out there. There's a reason why Satellite Investigations is known as the number one personal injury investigative firm in New York. So visit SatellitePI.com to learn more. PI Perspectives. Check out the PI Institute of Education at PIInstitute.com. Since 1989, Kelly Riddle has been teaching on subjects such as surveillance, nursing home investigations, insurance fraud, domestic investigations, hidden assets, and accident scene investigations. The PI Institute of Education is a featured learning partner in the investigatorstoolbox.com. So check out the free content on the site, then visit the Institute for more great savings on additional classes. You don't want to miss Denali Virtual Conference on February 19th. It's conveniently scheduled from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. and is packed with great speakers and sponsors. Time after time, Denali has provided top-rated content and some of the best networking available in the industry. Visit Denali.com for more information. And speaking of meetings, NCISS is offering a free town hall meeting on February 10th at 12 p.m. Central Time. All investigative and security professionals are invited to update you on some legislative issues. If you're a PI or in the security field, you should attend. These issues will affect our industry and how we do business. You can get more information at NCISS.org. And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is your host, Matt Spare. And today we are talking to Eddie Cruz. Eddie is the surveillance expert. Uh, he's written a couple of books, uh, both in English and Spanish. Uh, surveillance manifest and uh, surveillance a concept of the art uh, which is available in spanish as well so that that's pretty cool man that you were able to uh, uh, get a, a book completely translated it's a bit of a challenge but you know right. i got it done i was able to find someone uh, that could really help me um uh, brush up on my spanish sure 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 um okay so uh Let's jump back into it. Let's talk about uh, gear right now. Like, what, what, what's what's your favorite camera to use these days? A camcorder is is my favorite. I mean, I mean, it's I have a small one, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes when I go out there, you know, the clothing that I wear, I always have clothing that has multiple pockets. Um, or I might even wear cargo pants sometimes, and even in the summer. So I'm able to tuck this little camcorder that I have in my pocket, you know, and. Uh, it's my favorite because you know what I could zoom in with that, right. you know, and uh, and it just uh, it's just I, I just love the camcorder. Is it something where it's like Bluetooth to your phone, or is it something that's completely separate? That's one of the the hopes I have uh, of uh, them creating something that I could control through my phone, right? You know, where I don't have to have the camera in my hand and I could, you know, actually zoom uh, with with the, with the camera. And if it's in my car, if I'm able to allow the camera to pan right. without me having to be, you know, right on top of the camera. Sure. Sure. But, uh, no, mine is just a basic camcorder, you know, uh, 
and uh, has a really good zoom. And uh, I created a box out of a shoe box with a small hole where, sure. you know, I could even carry it in public and film, you know, put the box down, carry it and film with it without anyone knowing anything. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so yeah, I guess you got to be creative like that sometimes too, right? Yeah, it's, you have to. Yeah. Not just what comes out of the box. And sometimes you got to fiddle around with it a little bit and figure yeah. out what works for you, right? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so is there a particular uh, low light camera that you uh, think is, is worthwhile that you prefer to use? Um, well, I, I also have night vision, a separate device, mm -hmm. um, that I connect, uh, through a lens onto my camcorder. It's the PVS 14. Okay. And, and you can see in complete darkness with that camera, you know, you, the only problem is there's a lot of adjusting that, you know, you have to do, um, because you have multiple lenses. Right. So sometimes, you know, it's a little blurry, so you just have to play around with it. A lot. It's great to use it from your car. Um, not so much out in public because it just it's just too big. Right. Um, but uh, I have one camera that has uh, infrared, but it's only uh, clear up to fifth. Uh, what is it? Up to five feet. So beyond that, it's it's really not that effective. Right. Um, so what are your feelings on these uh, stationary cameras, the ones where you go and you like set them up on a telephone pole or a tree or, or whatever, and then, then come back? Do you, do you find yourself using any of that stuff or not really? No, I've been looking into it. You're talking like uh, like those trail cameras? Trail at the cameras, hunting? yeah, yep. Yeah, um, I've been looking at a couple uh, actually recently because um, I was working on a project and um, – uh, I think the, the hunter style camera works the best because it comes camouflage. Right. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about brands. There's always, yeah, um, go ahead, man. If there's something you like, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. one that, that I've looked at for a long while. It's called Brino. It's a, a, a time-lapse camera, Okay. but um, it, it's not camouflage. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not, I don't, I'm not even sure how, if it's weather protected, right. but it's small. And that's what I like about it. But with the hunter cameras, like the trail cameras, um, they come with all kinds of attachments and ways you could hook them up and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I just don't have, uh, you know, I mean, it, those are for like unique circumstances. I don't really have that many like that, but it would be great. Like, uh, you see on some of these, uh, movies where a guy sticks up this little button on the wall right. and, and they're able to see what's going on from four blocks away. Right. Yeah. You know, I wish they had that, but, uh, I haven't been able to find something like that. Yeah, I mean, like, where do you see the, all this technology going? I mean, I, I would guess that things are going to get smaller and easier to use would be my guess, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just go online and I just, you know, um, I, I just play, I Google different phrases and words and and I'll see uh, what they have. And I just, I'll go to YouTube and I'll see what other PIs do. You know, I, I always, I do a lot of research, you know, I research what other guys are doing, like I said earlier. Right. And um uh, and they'll say something that'll get my attention and then I'll look it up and see what, see what it's like and see how other people like it, how they don't like it. That's how I basically get my equipment right. and also trial and error. Right. You know, I just returned something the other day, you know, um, because that, that's part of this business. I mean, it's, you know, you, you buy equipment and they, just, uh, they sell it, they market it one way. And then when you get it, you actually see that it's really not that feasible for what you want to do. And, uh, so you end up even having to keep it or you return it. Sure. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would think you would have to do the, the the trial and error just to to get comfortable with what uh, what, what you're using there. Um, so tell me, uh, what are some of the challenges that you've faced in this past year with COVID and, and trying to do surveillance type work? Um, for me, I, it's just you know, there's not that much work. That's number one. Right. Um, it's it's really slowed down, um, and. Um, I guess with, with everyone being home, you know, you're sitting in a, on a block now before, you know, people will go to work, right. you know, and, uh, you know, you, you don't, you'd have maybe about 20% of the residents in the community. <laughs> now you got a hundred percent, you know, everyone's home, they working from their computers right. or they lost their jobs, you know? And so it's, um, it's a lot tougher that way to, to do surveillance. Right. I mean, I, I would think also the fact that there's less people out there. If you're looking for somebody out and about that, um, you know, it, there's going to be that challenge of there's less people for you to blend in with. Right. Yeah. That and, and or they staying home. They're not even coming out, you know, because uh, there's nowhere to go. Everything's, you know, uh, depending on like Long Island and the city is different. Um, you know, I think more places are opened out here uh, on the island. Right. City, you have uh, in some places uh, just completely shut down, right? And uh, and there's just nowhere for people to go, you know. Right. And your coverage area is is pretty much the island and, and the city, or or do you go other places? Yeah, I do, uh, all over. I go to New Jersey. You know, I, I've gone. You know, New York, upstate, uh, Long Island. You know, the suburbs. Right. You know, wherever they send me. You know. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So do you do a lot of like prep before you, like when you get your assignment, do you do research to, to figure yeah. out your target, um, social yeah. media stuff? Or, or? Well, the target, usually the person that, that hires me, the PI, mm-hmm. they, uh, they already done all the background. Um, and you know, then I'll, I'll do a little bit on my own. Like I'll go on the social media sites. Oh, I'll try to look them up on social media. Right. And see if I can find something else, but uh, I'll get on my phone or on my computer and I map out the locate, the location, um, I get a satellite view. I try to see where are the possible um, good observation posts uh, because a lot of people won't pay for like uh, pre-surveillance, like, you know, for you to actually go on site and get a quick look and then go back home. Right. So if they don't allow that, then I just do it from my computer. And then um, if I have an, uh, a location where they might be going to, like if there's a job or uh, an address that they're, suspected to, that they're suspected to visit often, right. I'll, um, I'll run it through uh, through uh, Google Maps and see what likely, you know, what direction are they likely to travel. Right. And I take all that into consideration so that when I get on the site, then I'll know exactly where I want to sit, you know, and uh, set up an observation post. No, that's great. I think you got to do all that stuff, right? Um, it, yeah. It helps you, you know, plan for for anything, right? It helps you. Yeah, and then while you're there, you're also preparing for the next day because you watch and you see – you know, who's coming out at what time to walk their dog right. or, you know, what, you know, what days uh, is a garbage pickup recyclable, you know, you, you develop, you watch all those patterns and who's going to work and uh, you know, who's going to school this way, you know, if you have to move your car up to another spot, you know, um, you could do that a little bit more comfortably, you know, knowing that everyone in that house is probably gone already. Right. 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 I gotcha. Um, I, I guess these are uh, tips and tricks that you've picked up along the way, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to, I'm sure everybody picks up their own tricks, right? I mean, you're out there long enough, you know, you, you, you get, you know, you get familiar and uh, 
you, 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 everyone faces different challenges, right? And then you learn to adapt, right. you know, and uh, try to do better the next time. Is there someone that you can point to that, that was like a mentor or a big influence for you on, on how you do your work? And, uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, right? <laughs> yeah, trial and error. And, you know, and, uh, you know, also, you know, my career as an undercover. Yeah. Um, when I was doing, um, you know, a lot of that, a lot of ghosting operations, you know, you learn on your own. You learn what works, what doesn't work. Sure. You know, you're hiding in the shadows all the time. So for, for the for the audience here, can you explain what a ghosting operation is? Uh, ghosting is um, the way it's used. Uh, it's supposed to be used when you're when you're going to narcotics. Is an undercover goes into a location. They're going to make a you know a buy, whether it's a large scale or small scale, and and you're there to protect the undercover. But you become part of what we call the set. Mm-hmm. You know, um, wherever the drug activity is going on, or wherever the residence or hotel room is that they're going to meet, they call that the set. So you become part of that right. environment. You have to find some way to become part of it. And you're there primarily to protect the undercover in case something goes wrong. But then when I was there, they kind of stretched it out a little bit where now I began tracking the subjects because a lot of times um, when the field team was going to come in to make the arrest, they couldn't catch these guys. They would start running all over the place. Sure. So they would use me to track them down. Yep. So what I would do is I would be, you know, in the environment. I would see what, what was going on. And some guy, I, I, I could tell who's going to get away and I would track them. Right. And then uh, I would sometimes apprehend them from behind and then just hold them there until the field team got there without anyone seeing who I was. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. So what would you say would be the number one mistake that most surveillance investigators make when they're uh, trying to do the work? Oh, man, there's a lot of mistakes. <laughs> be, be nice. Well, not charging your equipment yeah. is one. Yep. Um, not changing the date timestamp, you know, um, uh, not checking the time on the clock, you know. Right. Uh, it was like, uh, you know, daylight savings times. Sure. They, you know. You didn't do that. Uh, if you didn't go in with a full tank of gas, uh, if you don't have enough change in your car, you know you're from New York, so you know there's a lot of those muni meters. Yep. You know, um, a lot of times, you know, you just have to throw your car in somewhere real quick, and you don't have any change. Um, it takes too long to to get your credit card out and do all that other stuff. So. Yeah, well, it's nice to have apps now, right? You just put in uh, the the code of whatever the meter is, and then you right. You, know, you, you can do it. Um, if that area has it, it's just, it's pretty neat. People go to a, to a location with a quarter tank or a half a tank. They don't think the guy's going to go too far. Next thing you know, you're on the New Jersey Turnpike, you know, and uh, right. you're done. <laughs> right. You know, not bringing enough food right. is another one. Okay. You know, because uh, on these long surveillances, uh, you've done them. You know that, you know, after about three hours of being bored, you've eaten your lunch, your dinner, everything. There's nothing left. Right. You know. And it's only 12 o'clock now. And, you know, that's one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a problem. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so wh- where do you see uh, the future here in, in 2021? What would you like to see happen in the surveillance industry? I would like there to be mandatory two-man surveillance for every surveillance. I mean, I think that's just, you know, I don't know. I've been wishing for that for years, but, uh I think that's the way to go. I mean, I, I, I don't know if, you know, if uh, a lot of companies are going to agree with that, but 
Right. That's really the way to go. I no, mean, it really uh, is. I mean, it's it's the way you guys are trained initially, right? Uh, through law enforcement, it's never a one man job. Um, and uh, you know, to see it translate over, I think is is important. And you know, you you want to set yourself up for for a win. You know, like we were talking yes. about earlier. You know, it's uh, there's a better chance you're going to get what you need to get if if you're approaching right, it right. the right way. That's the best way you can help the client out. And and, and I said it also. I think I even mentioned it in my book. Um, I think one of the, the worst things that we've done, some of us, is we've done such a good job at one man surveillance that they keep doing it that way. Right. You know, <laughs> and that's uh, a problem. You know, and Shame uh, on you, sir. I mean, I'm still going to go out there and give it 100. percent But right. I mean, there, there's just so many things you got to do. Right. Um, to not lose this subject, you know. Yeah. Not to mention, you know, uh, you know, you know, traffic lights, you know. <laughs> You know, they, they, they're going through uh, red lights and stuff like that. It could be dangerous. You don't want to do that. You don't want to encourage anyone to do that. Yeah. You know, um, and, uh, but if you have multiple people, you know, it's easier to surveil someone like that, you know, very close, you sure, know, sure. if you're by yourself, you have to, you know, allow for some room. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's crazy. I mean, listen, yeah. you don't, you don't want a, a, a princess Diana situation coming up you know, no, no. where you start getting into a chase and somebody gets no, really hurt and by yourself. You got to give that yeah. person some space, you yeah. know, and, uh, with two people, you could, you could do a lot of different things. Yeah. You know, a lot of different tactics. Definitely. You know, with one person, it's just too hard. You know, definitely. definitely. And, and a lot of people nowadays, they, they know they're being followed. Right. That's what I'm saying. The situational awareness of people in general, I think, is is heightened, uh, yes. especially with with all the social unrest that's um, that's been going on this past year. Um, yes. I think there's, there's just, uh, you know, you got eyes on the back of your head and you're trying to you know, be aware of your surroundings. And, you know, I, I would dare to say that that even goes all the way back now since since 9-11. You know, I think that was a real. Yes. A wake up exactly. call, That's when you know, yeah, uh, right after that. for people, mm-hmm. you know, starting to, you know, they're pushing the situational awareness in New York anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely right. Yeah. You, you don't put your head down in the subway anymore. You know, you kind of no. peep around no. <laughs> who's on the, who's on the train with me, uh, no. before I read the sports page. Right. Um, no, you can't do that. No. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. So I, I'm sure we'll, we'll see, um, you know, lots of technology and things coming down the line that, that'll, uh, uh, hopefully make your job easier. And, um, you know, the, the, I, I anticipate there'll be a lot of really cool stuff coming, but, but who knows? Um, so do you do any kind of, in this pre work that you do, um, do you do any kind of, um, like, uh, uh, geotagging, like, or, 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 um, geo surveillance on, on people? Is that something more along the lines of the other investigators that are hiring or doing all that pre work? No, I don't do any of that. No. Don't do any monitoring or any of that. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so how do folks get a hold of you if they were interested in um, speaking to you about uh, what you do or, or had an assignment to give you? Oh, uh, well, they, uh, some people contact me through my social media, mm-hmm. you know, um, through, uh, through Twitter. Uh, they get my email there or, um, uh, yeah, or even on Instagram. Instagram. I get a lot of, uh, you know, calls through Instagram sure, and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it because like I said, I, you know, I work with, uh, you know, uh, everyone, a lot of people know me, uh, in this business. So they, a lot of it is word of mouth, Sure. you know, so they, uh, they talk to one another and then they'll, they'll call, you know, they'll, they'll get my number through one of them Sure. or something like that. Or the people that don't know me, like out of state that call me sometimes, they'll, they'll get me through Twitter. They'll direct message me or, or through Instagram. Sure. 
Well, hey, man, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and chatting for a bit about what you do and, and your experience. Uh, it's always good to hear from somebody out in the trenches and um, who, who's doing it, you know, and, and can talk about it and, and give uh, give some pointers and things like that. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we'll catch everybody on the next show. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you, Eddie, for hopping on. He really has some great experience in doing surveillance work. You don't gain this type of experience any other way than going out there and actually doing the work. So please make sure to check out his books on the topic. We want to thank Scope Now, Satellite Investigations, and the PI Institute for Education for sponsoring the show. Don't forget Matt's call to action for questions and topics. We want to hear from you. One lucky listener will win a cool prize. Have you checked out InvestigatorsToolbox.com yet? Remember, it only takes 49 cents a day to unlock the future of investigations. So make an investment in your business and yourself today. You can still save some money. Use code PIP201836 to save an extra $20. Once again, to reach Matt, just email him at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. As we said before, we want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. We'll be back Monday with a new show. Make sure you tune in, please wear a mask, and stay safe out there.